mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello and welcome back to Kinda Cute and if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I know y'all are probably so sick of hearing it, but please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to my podcast, especially Apple Podcasts. I've been stuck at 35 reviews for a long time. I'm sorry, 35 ratings, and I've stuck at the same amount of written reviews. So I would love if you would go click on my podcast, scroll down, leave a five-star review, leave a written review, show a little bit of love. It would honestly make my entire week. Also, don't forget to follow me at Bailey Evan or at Kinda Cute Podcast on Instagram, and you can also check me out on YouTube at Bailey Evan. This is my first time speaking on my newly bedazzled microphone. I was just on a kick where I decided I wanted to live out my pop star fantasy because I don't think I've discussed it on here before, but it is a very ingrained dream of mine to be a pop star. And this might seem a little incongruous because I don't love attention. I don't really like being on stage. I have no discernible talents. But the idea of being in like a bedazzled dancing with the stars bodysuit with a sparkly microphone and a wig on and like the most insane fun makeup just really speaks to me. And I've decided, I think for my 35th birthday, which is in like three and a half years from now, I'm going to throw a pop star party and it'll be my chance to really live out those dreams. But until then, I will have my bedazzled mic that looks kind of shitty because I glued on the rhinestones myself and I tried to spell out cute and it... You know, it didn't go as well and as easy as planned, but it's still kind of cute, right? (laughs) Guys, I gave up on Labor of Love, the TV show. I feel like Labor of Love kind of gave up on Labor of Love. But on the upside, there is going to be a second season of Never Have I Ever. And for those of you who have watched, are you more of a Paxton Yoshida Hall or a Ben fan? I'd say I'm team Paxton. I don't want to spoil it, so I'll leave it at that. But Team Paxton, even though I've expressed before that I'm sort of grossed out that the actor who plays him is a grown-ass man, while Davey, the actor who plays her, is 18 years old, but that's a story for another day, I suppose. This past week, we watched Ready or Not on HBO, and I literally just wanted to watch it because I'm into kind of cheesy horror films, and because Adam Brody was in it, and let's be real, that was the number one thing, Adam Brody, who played Seth Cohen in The O.C., was in it, and I still just has some feelings about him. I really think he was my first crush, my first love. And it just still holds strong. And if you ask me who I'm most jealous of in the world, I'd probably say Leighton Meester. So anyways, I had to watch it. And it was actually such a fun horror movie. It kind of had Cabin in the Woods vibes. If you've seen that, that's another great one to watch. It was on HBO. Uh, Check it out and let me know your thoughts on it. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought it was really fun. And I thought the girl, the main actress in it, I think her name's Samara Weaver, something like that. She was also really good. There was also a Museum of Ice Cream scandal that just came out. It was in a Forbes article. And the founder, she's only 28 years old, and her name is Mary Ellis Bunn, which, what a name. It's Bunn with two N's. And she just seems like an asshole based on this Forbes article. And it's called Ice Cream, You Scream. It's by Alex Wilson and Maggie McGrath. And I'm just going to tell you some of the crazy stuff she did, but honestly, there's so much to it. It's a pretty long article, and... The shit that was going on there was just not good, y'all. 
So Mary Ellis Bunn insisted that everyone at the company choose ice cream nicknames like strawberry and caramel, and they were expected to use instead of their real names. And hers was fittingly Scream, which I feel like that just kind of screams disaster. Like she couldn't have gone with something nice like sprinkles. And then the article says, in anticipation of a Miami pop-up opening in December 2017, for instance, a designer presented Bunn a uniform option with shorts. The designer alleges Bunn responded, we absolutely cannot have shorts because fat people's legs are disgusting. Another time a source says she spotted a plus-size muralist on the job and reportedly asked, why do we pay her to eat? So, okay, strike one, fat shaming, disgusting. And then it says former HQ staffers say pathetic was a common piece of feedback and designers say Bun would rip up their work in frustration. Many report insulting off the cuff remarks too. In one of our one-on-ones, she said, I really need to tell HR to hire smarter people. I'm getting dumber in this office, recalls former vice president of creative operations, Francesca Wade. And honestly, the allegations in this get even worse, if that's even possible, because You know, those were just saying awful things, which obviously that has a huge impact. But I found some of the really egregious stuff was not letting people take breaks to go to the bathroom or even change their tampons. And one of them had, you know, um, an issue with his bowels and he wouldn't be able to get a break to the point where he literally would have to tell his manager, like, I'm going to crap myself on this floor if you don't let me go. And then a girl who like tampon had been in too long and she like couldn't take it out. And then she felt woozy afterwards. Just awful, awful treatment. Now, I have to say, I went to this Miami pop-up that they're speaking of that opened in December 2017, and it was such a rip-off. Like, it was like $25. It was, it was like $35. I, no, it was, it was like $40. I'm just going to keep rounding up. It was like $100, guys. <laughs> no, but it was expensive, and it was a rip-off, and um, it wasn't fun. I felt kind of dirty. I, I got a picture from it that I posted and even on my Instagram I was like honestly skip this place go to Carvel instead and I stand by that statement like I would get much more joy over spending because I think between the two of us it cost about $80 and the trip down to Miami do you know how much Carvel ice cream I could get for $100 do you know how many chocolate crunchies I could bathe in chocolate crunchies for that price yeah the flying saucer ice creams those are bomb too (sighs) moving on to other horrible females Ghislaine Maxwell was finally arrested, and lo and behold, she was in New Hampshire, Bradford to be exact, which is actually, I googled it, less than an hour away from where I went to college, but I can't say I've ever been there. But this makes perfect sense to me because New Hampshire just seems like the ideal place to hide because it is so rural in certain parts, and Really, though, I'm shocked she didn't leave the country because she did stupid stuff like, according to the New York Times, she registered her name I think for, I'm sorry guys, I don't, my notes are not fully written out here, but I want to say she put it as like her address or something. She registered it under G Max. I'm like, that's not even that far off from your name. Why would you basically put your name? That's not a good alias. And another crazy thing that I learned from the New York Times article is that she's been linked to more than 15 bank accounts who total balance at times was more than 20 million dollars so she was not hurting for money and you know that some of this had to be like dirty money from Epstein and I do think she came from a fairly wealthy family she attended Oxford she clearly had sort of like a posh upbringing but you know that was some shady money up in there so I think the question everyone's sort of wondering right now is she going to name names and 
in case, I'm sorry, I didn't really give a precursor into who she is, but if you go back, some of our earliest episodes, we talked about how Ghislaine was basically uh, Epstein's right-hand woman and would kind of help him get the woman. Allegedly, I mean, I say allegedly just to cover my bootay, but you know. Uh, I'm guessing as we speak that she's working on a big fat plea deal and in exchange, her lawyers are promising to give a shit ton of names. And I really hope that something comes from this because I don't think the victims have gotten any justice yet. Uh, I watched the Epstein documentary and it hit close to home literally because most of it was filmed in West Palm Beach and Palm Beach, which I live in West Palm. (laughs) It's actually kind of funny because they totally describe West Palm as like the other side of the tracks. Like, you know, lady would be living in Palm Beach and the the tramp would be living in West Palm. And not that that's like completely wrong, but I swear like <laughs> there, there are nice areas to West Palm. But I mean, that's just getting sidetracked. But you know, like when, when something's being filmed in your town, you kind of look at it with that eye. Um, but it really is so sad just that, I mean, these actions affected these victims for their entire lives. It's not like this is something wham, bam, Epstein is done and they don't think about it again. I mean, clearly, obviously, every sexual assault survivor, it impacts the rest of their lives. But I just think the fact that he killed himself or was killed, whatever you choose to believe, and they just haven't got a shred of justice out of this. And they were silenced for so long. So I'm really hoping that with the arrest of Ghislaine, some brighter light is shown on all of this. But It's to be seen, I suppose. Next up is our first cut article of the day. It's called Here It Is, The Da Vinci Code of Divorce Drama by Bridget Reed. Before I get into this, I must admit that I was a huge Dan Brown fan in high school. I gobbled that shit up like a big bowl of ice cream. Bridget writes that this was Harry Potter for parents, but honey, Bridget, baby, let me tell you, this was also Harry Potter for thirsty teens waiting for Half-Blood Prince to come out, okay? Not just the parents. So Bridget writes, well, something you and I do not know about Dan Brown is that his greatest work of intrigue and deception might actually be his own divorce. So all of this juicy info comes from his ex-wife Blythe's lawsuit against Dan. They divorced last year after being married for 21 years. And weirdly enough, this suit was also brought in New Hampshire, which is kind of weird because I don't feel like we hear much from the celebrity world coming out of New Hampshire. So not only was it holding geese lame, it's also where this lawsuit was filed. And as a complete non sequitur and an aside, did you guys know that J.D. Salinger lived in New Hampshire and supposedly he would lurk around my college campus before his death in 2010? But the juiciness is no one could ever be fully sure it was him because he was never photographed in his elder life. Sorry, with this being about New Hampshire authors, I just felt like that was a little blurb I had to get in there. So back to Dan and Blythe. Bridget writes that Blythe's allegations are explosive. Dan has lived a proverbial life of lies for at least the past six years, the lawsuit reads, seeming to be the epitome of a world-famous novelist leading a simple life in his home state of New Hampshire, while in reality, he was something quite different. I love when lawyers really gussy up a complaint just to make it all juicy and read like a little crime novel. Love that. So here's, here's all the details. In 2013, Blythe Brown brought over a Dutch horse trainer identified only as JP from Holland to the U.S. to work with a Frisian horse owned by the couple. Blythe alleges that she discovered Dan Brown began an affair with JP, the horse trainer, in 2014 while she was recuperating from a shoulder injury at their house. So first up, 
Dan was getting it on with the with the Frisian horse trainer. You know, this doesn't specify that JP was a man or a woman, so who knows? Maybe he liked it both ways. Blythe says Dan Brown brought JV lavish gifts using their shared finances, including a $345,000 prize-winning Frisian named Limited Edition, a car, a horse transport truck, and renovations to her home in Holland. Oh, guys, I lied. She is a she. I was really hoping for an extra layer of intrigue there. Also, the T in limited edition is capitalized. Like, why? It literally looks like limited two. Come get your bedazzled horse accessories here, guys. Now, I want you to remember this little tidbit about Frisian horses because it will be relevant to our next story. According to Blythe, Dan Brown also engaged in extramarital dalliances with a personal trainer, a political official, and a local hairdresser in New York, in New Hampshire, sorry, not New York, New Hampshire, Europe, and the Caribbean. He was just a, a worldly guy in his cheating endeavors. Dan Brown has publicly praised Blythe as a frontline editor of his Da Vinci Code novels and as a crucial part of his creative process. She says she helped inspire him to give up his songwriting career to focus on writing. Guys, can you imagine Dan Brown, the songwriter? Like, what would those songs have sounded like? Now I kind of want to hear one. During the divorce proceedings, Blythe claims that Brown told her he didn't have any new projects in the works. She subsequently discovered he's working on several, including a television series for NBC called Langdon, based on the novels the couple, in quotes, created together. Dan stands to make millions from these projects, which is undoubtedly why he hid them from Blythe the lawsuit states. I think this might be the worst part of all of this because obviously cheating is horrible. I don't condone cheating. I know the damage that can cause on a relationship, on a family. It's awful. But taking away something that she had such a hand in and not even letting her get in on that, especially when they were going through a divorce and obviously like trying to keep that money from her and honestly just the claim to her work at this point and maybe she's exaggerating how much of a hand she had in his creative process and if all she did was you know inspire him to give up his songwriting career I don't know how much of a hand that is but I feel like that probably really hit her hard especially financially and I think that would have way more to do with a lawsuit than whether or not he was you know hooking up with other chicks so When she confronted Brown about the secret wire transfers to JP in January 2020, Blythe says he responded, I've done bad things with a lot of people. I mean, shut the front door. That could literally be a quote out of the Da Vinci Code. All right. So guys, this is a perfect segue into our next little, just a little blurb from an article. And it is, now is not the time to talk about your 14 gorgeous Frisian horses by Madeline Aguilar. Now, when I saw this headline, I was like, I thought Dan Brown only had one Frisian horse. He had 14? No. So... It says, meet North's Frisian horse. Kim Kardashian West wrote alongside pictures of her daughter, North Seven, greeting an enormous black horse at her recent birthday party on the $14 million ranch the family bought in Wyoming last year. We have 14 gorgeous Frisians on the ranch, Kardashian West continued. Uh, Reasonably, this post was not well received on Twitter, where many called it tone deaf and implored the mogul to read the room. Now, I thought the most hilarious part of this was that Kim spelled Frisians wrong, which you would think if you owned 14 of them, you would know how to spell it right. She spelled it phonetically, F-R-E-E-S-I-A-N. And I did not know till today that it is actually F-R-I-E-S-I-A-N. I've never heard of a Frisian horse before. 
I have no idea what makes them Frisian. Apparently, they're super buku bucks expensive. I don't know. I just, I, I, I didn't think a day would come where I'd be reading two back-to-back articles about rich people's problems with their Frisian horses. But that's 2024 for you. So next up, we have another Madeline Agler article. This is called Pooping on the Moon Seems Like a Nightmare. Now, y'all know I talked about the SpaceX launch and shared with you my pride about being from Countdown County in Brevard, Florida, so I felt it was fitting to talk about toilet use in space this week. And let me tell you, what I learned from this article is that Apollo 11 left behind 96 pounds of human waste. Guys, that's like a full third grader of shit that they left on the moon. It's just chilling there to this day. I mean, that is so rude of us, and I always figured when astronauts went to the bathroom I thought it was just like flushed into space and dissolved and maybe that is how it is now and maybe just like the moon voyage was different I I'm just also confused how they knew the exact poundage like did I guess they probably did measure it before they put it on the moon I can't believe they left on the moon you know when you go camping you pack your shit out with you Like, if you make trash, you pack it in your bag and you take it with you. And if you go crap, you dig it and you put it in the earth and you pack out your toilet paper. For you, like, non-crunchy people out there, that was a rude awakening when I got started with. I was like, wait, I have to take my my toilet paper with me? Excuse me? But that's how it works, guys. Uh, So to this end, NASA last week launched the Lunar Loo Challenge, imploring the citizens of Earth to design a toilet for use in its Artemis program, whose lunar lander is scheduled to send the first woman and the next man to the moon by 2024. For the winners, there's a 35,000 prize pool that will be split between the three teams with the best designs, as decided by a panel of NASA engineers. The challenge also includes a junior competition where toilet engineers under the age of 18 can submit their designs. Previously, using the bat room aboard a spaceship was a complicated affair so let me tell you how this goes they don't have toilets so when they had to go pee they would pee into rubber tubes which logistically I don't even know how that would work for a woman as of late I've been seeing this weird contraption that you put on your on your vulva <laughs> flashback to a few weeks ago thank you Kenzie said I used it correctly so you put it on the vulva and then it kind of, it's, it's actually like a funnel. That's what it looks like. A funnel that's shaped to fit on your vulva that you then pee through. And it says you can pee anywhere. You can pee standing up. So maybe they had one of those that they would pee into the rubber tubes. I have no idea. I really think this is obviously created for men and not with women in mind. And then they had to poop in plastic bags that had sticky rims that secured around their butts. I'm not sure if it the sticky rims stuck to their butthole rims or their butt. I don't know. <laughs> so Mike Interbartolo, the project manager for the Lunar Lou Challenge, he, he said, it was messy. You didn't have any odor control. The crew hated it. It wasn't easy to get a good seal on the bag without your buddy having to help. Guys, I'm so mortified. Like, can you imagine... And that's just not the way we want to go back to the moon 50 plus years later, he says. Y'all, I just want to give myself a pat on the back because I never wanted to be an astronaut. And this is reaffirming that five-year-old me knew what the hell was up. And bless the engineers who eventually figure this out and come up with an amazing lunar loo system. <laughs> Kenzie, she has the giggles. 
I mean, sometimes I feel like such a useless addition to this planet as I sit here and cover news about Lunar Lose, but I don't have the fondest idea of how to build something that would fix this problem. So engineers, this goes out to you. If I have any engineers listening, you're killing it. I'm letting you know about this project because maybe you can make it happen. And wow, what good press that would be for Kind of Cute if some engineers listening to this, they design the Lunar Lou that wins the $35,000. And they heard about it from Kind of Cute. Like, can we, can I manifest that? I'm going to secret that into being. Our last article of the day. What is going on with Jada Pinkett Smith and August Alsina? Oh my God, guys, this is another Madeline Aguilar uh, article. So August is 27 years old. He's an R&B singer. And in an interview with Complex earlier this week, he addressed the rumors that he had a relationship with Jada. And Jada's 48, by the way. And he said, I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life. And I truly and really, really deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. I devoted myself to it. I gave my full self to it. And he also says that he had a conversation with Will Smith and that Will Smith gave the relationship his blessing. But then hours after the story was published, Jada's reps called and said the claims are completely not true. But then Jada tweeted, and this is a quote, There's some healing that needs to happen, dot, dot, dot. So I'm bringing myself to the red table. If you're not familiar with the red table, it is a show that Jada does with her mom and her daughter, and they sit at a table and they interview guests. And the first time that I really heard of the red table getting a lot of attention was when uh, Jordan Woods from the Tristan, Khloe Kardashian drama, she was on it as a guest. And she kind of laid it all out there and said what really happened, and it was a chance for her to tell her side of the story. But I think everyone kind of took it with a little bit of a grain of salt because Jordan Woods family is longtime friends of the Pinkett Smith family. Uh, Her dad had like worked on, I think, Fresh Prince as like a sound guy. So they went way back. Um, But that was the first time I'd really heard about it because I actually think it's a show that's just done on Facebook. It's like a Facebook partnership. Um, So it's not on regular TV. So I think this will be another one that gets a lot of attention because she's never brought herself to the red table. Now, I'm also taking this whole story with a grain of salt because August conveniently is promoting an upcoming album. And this is like the perfect publicity firestorm. But on the other hand, it's been rumored for years and years and years. I mean, I can't even remember the first time I heard this rumor that Will and Jada have a very open relationship. And I mean, wide open to like other people's peepees and vagines if you know what I'm saying but years ago on her Facebook Jada said Will and I both can do whatever we want because we trust each other to do so this does not mean we have an open relationship this means we have a grown one and then Will told Howard Stern we refer to ourselves as life partners where you get into that space where you realize you are literally with someone for the rest of your life there are no deal breakers there's nothing she could ever do that would break our relationship she has my support till death and it feels so good to get to that space so again I to me that kind of confirmed they do have sort of an open relationship but I wonder if it's just like a semantic issue where they don't want to call it that but in effect that's what it is so the other little crinkle in this story is that in 2019, just last year, August released a track that was called Nunya, and many suspected that it was about Jada. It had lyrics like, you got me feeling like it was an act. You're just an actress putting on a show because you don't want the world to know. And then significantly in the music video for this, there's a text conversation, like a picture of it with some, you know, like when they recreate it for TV and movies, whatever. And conversation was with someone named Corinne and it has like a broken heart emoji 
and Corinne is Jada's middle name. But then in an Insta post right after that, he denied it was about her. And I don't know if he's ever cleared that up, but I think he kind of admitted that he's he's or he does say he says he's only opening up about it now because he's not okay with his character being in question he says drama makes him nauseous and there's so many people side-eyeing him and he's losing money friendships relationship because people don't know the truth and he says but I've never done anything wrong I love these people the Smiths they are beautiful people and like he reaffirmed that Will you know gave him his blessing basically so my thoughts on all of this is that they definitely have sort of like a loose not a loose idea of marriage, but like a, an open. <laughs> is there another word than open? I'm not trying to compare this to like swinging middle ditch, <laughs> if you'll recall that conversation. But my thoughts is just that the Pinkett Smiths are literally like the coolest family to exist. And they are on a different plane of existence than the rest of us normal people. And I can't even begin to compare my life to theirs. And I think they're probably swinging all over the place and having the best time. So props to them. And just because our stories are really weaving themselves together today. And I love when there's like a pop culture moment where you kind of see all these patterns and they're really connecting themselves. So I just wanted to also throw in here that Shane Dawson is under a ton of shit right now because he's having his past videos with blackface, racist undertones come out. And then there was one of him miming masturbation to a picture of an 11 year old Willow Smith, which is disgusting, repulsive. Um, So I think Shane is the next one who needs to clean up his act. And I think he's said that on his YouTube. But I thought it was crazy because YouTube actually took away like all of his ad revenue off of his uh, YouTube videos. And I don't know how long that's going to last for. But over all three of his channels, he has over 30 million subscribers. Like that is a huge action for them to take. Um, So, yeah, I just I thought that was like an interesting tie in. And. I heard a podcast with Justin Sylvester. He's on E! Daily Pop. He goes by The Lady Sitter. And I thought he was talking about cancel culture in a really effective way and a way that I could not articulate when I was trying to talk about it a few episodes ago. And he was saying that we shouldn't have these moments of canceling and firing and not use them as a teaching moment. And I think that's really where the issue comes from because he's like, we can take these moments and instead of, you know, firing these rowdy stars why don't we show them going through the repercussions of their past actions why don't we show them going through anti-racist training why don't we show that and bring that to a bigger audience that maybe would not have consciously exposed themselves to that material before so I'll just leave you guys on that but of course you know I have a legit shit for you and today we have a body lotion I feel like I've been like slacking on my body things beauty things recommendations as of late so I I'm a lazy asshole. When I get out of the shower, I I don't want to stand there naked and slather lotion on my body. Like, it's not at the top of things I want to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a cheap lotion at Walgreens. They were having some sort of sales, like a buy two, get one free. I'm a sucker. But, you know, so many of my lotions, it was like I had to dip my fingers into the jar. I didn't like it. It felt gross. A lot of my lotions were so thick because I do need a lot of moisture. But I got this one from Soap and Glory. It's called the Magnificoco Drop in the Lotion Body Lotion. It smells very tropical, like my sunscreens. 
it like has a very like florida vibe to me i think it's the perfect summer scent it's so light so it's like the one thing i'm willing i keep it in my room out so that it's just there and i can pump it right after i get out of the shower rub it all over quickly like my legs and my arms and it's just perfect and it's like 12 bucks so that will be linked in the show notes as usual i hope you guys enjoyed this episode as usual please hit me up i love having conversations with you guys and i will see you next week bye